This is Anchored in Christ, the sermon podcast that gives you hope in the gospel as an anchor for your soul. Brought to you from Old South Presbyterian Church in Newburyport, Massachusetts. Our second reading this morning comes from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verses 4 through 14. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat what they grow, take wives and have sons and daughters, take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters, multiply there and do not decrease but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let the prophets and the diviners who are among you deceive you. And do not listen to the dreams that they dream. For it is the lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, says the Lord. Verse 10. For thus says the Lord, only when Babylon's 70 years are completed will I visit you, and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For surely I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me. I will hear you. When you search for me, you will find me if you seek me with all your heart. I will let you find me, says the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to you. Hundreds of years before the book of Jeremiah was written, the Israelites had entered into a covenant with the Lord. And if they obeyed this covenant and the Lord's commands and worshiped him alone, then they would be blessed and they would get to inherit this promised land, which is Israel. But if the Israelites disobeyed the Lord, then they would be exiled from the land and they would lose this special possession of the land. And so the Israelites have entered into this covenant with the Lord. And we are picking up the story in the book of Jeremiah this morning with the Israelites having broken that covenant. They're no longer worshiping the Lord alone. They have broken the law and the commands of God, and they have turned to false gods and idols, and they are living in spiritual adultery to the Lord their God. They have turned away from the Lord and decided to follow their own way. They have broken the command of God. Therefore, since the Israelites were disobedient and broke the covenant, the Lord sends the Israelites out of the promised land and into the exile. The Babylonian empire was the empire that took over the nation of Israel. Israel at this time was split into a northern and a southern kingdom. And the northern kingdom had already been exiled. And so Babylon comes in to the southern kingdom of Judah and takes over the Israelite nation and carries the Israelites into exile to Babylon, 500 miles across the desert. But scripture says that it's really the Lord who carries the Israelites into exile and uses the Babylonian empire to do so. 
This was not a coincidence. This was ordained by God. And so this is the context that we pick up this morning in the book of Jeremiah chapter 29 with the Israelites displaced from the promised land in a land that is not their own. Now, if you can put yourself in their shoes for a minute, this place was completely different. It smells different. It looks different. The language is different. They can't grow the same vegetables and fruit that they did in Israel. They have to come up with new recipes. They have to learn a new culture. And I imagine that the Israelites are sad. <laughs> That's an overstatement. That's oversimplification. They're homesick. They're fear fearful for this new place that they have entered into, and it's not where they're supposed to be. They're displaced, and they're homesick. And in the midst of this homesickness for the land of Israel, for the familiar practices and the rituals and the temple, and ultimately for their place of identity, they want to go home. They want to go back to Israel. But the Lord has brought them into Babylon. And so what do they do? Because they were homesick, a lot of the Israelite prophets were actually trying to appease the ear of the Israelites and tell them what they wanted to hear. So a lot of the false prophets were standing up and saying to the Israelites, don't worry, it's only going to be two years. We're going to be here two years and then we're going to go home. You don't even need to unpack all of your stuff. You don't need to build a house, just rent one. You're not going to be here very long, so don't settle in. And, and it was giving the Israelites this false hope because this is not what the Lord had said. So this true prophet, as opposed to the false prophets, the true prophet Jeremiah comes along who has truly heard from the Lord. And the Lord commands him to write a letter to the exiles who are captive in Babylon. And Jeremiah, if I can give my own summary of this, says, no, you're going to be there a long time. You're going to be there 70 years, and it's going to be a while, so I want you to settle in. And 70 years is a long time for a people who are supposed to be returning home. 70 years, that's two generations. So not only, it, you know, if I'm a parent that's entering into the exile, I'm not going to get to see the promised land again. And my children aren't going to get to see the promised land again. But the Lord has brought them into the exile and he asks them in the first few verses of this text this morning to settle in, to build houses, to get married and have kids and flourish to plant gardens, to come up with new recipes that match the agricultural climate. And ultimately, he wants them to pursue the welfare of the sea. For in its welfare, he says, we'll have welfare. This word in Hebrew is shalom. I'm sure you've heard of it. Shalom is this type of peace that is wholeness or completeness. He wants them to pursue the welfare of the city so that they can be whole and complete. And I imagine that, you know, the Lord is, is his attitude maybe or his uh, emotions behind this letter is, this is just my imagination. This isn't in the text, but it, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be painful. It's going to be, it's going to be scary, but I am with you. And in the text, we see 
the Lord is with the Israelites in exile, in this foreign land and place. And if I were the Israelite receiving this letter from Jeremiah, I would be discouraged because these false prophets just told me it's only going to be two years and then you're going to get to go home. And now you're telling me that this is going to be the rest of my life. That this is the new circumstance for the rest of my life. And that can seem discouraging. This new circumstance is permanent. And there isn't a next thing where they can be closer to the Lord, where they can return to the temple in Israel and close to the familiar that they can't change their circumstances at this point. This exile is their new life. And God meets the Israelites in their captivity. The Lord is teaching the Israelites in this text that they don't need to wait for their circumstances to change, to find peace and fulfillment in the Lord. And my challenge for you this morning, my question for you this morning is, do you feel like your circumstances need to change in order to seek the Lord? Before you can have peace and fulfillment and satisfaction in your life. For the Israelites, it was hoping to get out of captivity and back to the familiar. They needed to get back to Israel to get back to God in their minds. And for us, we struggle with the same thing. For me personally, it's, oh, if I can just get through this semester of seminary, then I'll have time for the Lord. Then I'll have time for compassion. Then I'll have time to get enough rest. And maybe for you, it's, well, when my when my youngest kid is finally in school full-time, then I'll have peace. Then I'll be able to pursue the Lord. Then my circumstances will finally allow for some satisfaction. But is that what the Lord is saying to the Israelites? Does God need more circumstances to change for him to show up? In the midst of their suffering and pain, in the unfamiliar, God gives the invitation for the Israelites to seek him where they are. And the invitation for you this morning is to seek God where you are because the text says he desires to be found by you. He desires to be found by you. The second part of this letter is a little bit more hopeful. The first part seems discourage, discouraging. Oh, we're, oh my goodness, my circumstances are never going to change. I'm going to be here 70 years. That's I'm already 70. That's like eight years left of my life. And it can sound discouraging, but in the second half, we see that God had a plan for Israel. The people in the exile weren't going to see the promised land again, and their kids weren't either. But God had a plan for the whole nation. And it was to bring them back out of their captivity as they sought the Lord with their whole heart. God brought them into the exile in order that they would turn back to the Lord. Their hearts were far off from him. And the good news of the exile is that the Lord didn't abandon them. He didn't leave them, but rather he was in their midst. And he didn't have to be. But God showed up in the midst of their captivity and brought about a future and a hope to the nation and the people. 
And for us listening today, we're in captivity, aren't we? We're in captivity to the culture around us, to people pleasing maybe. The pandemic, we're stuck in our houses. We're in our own individual exiles as well, such as if maybe you're, you're going through a painful divorce or your marriage is in shambles, or maybe you're battling something intense like cancer. We all have these individual exiles that we're going through and for each of us, it looks different. And on a larger scale, all of us humans find ourselves in a different kind of captivity that entangles all of us. We all find ourselves captive to our sin and our sinful nature. And we all fall short of the glory of God. And even when we desire to do what is right, we find ourselves stuck in our old sinful patterns. We are captive and unable to get ourselves out of this sin and out of our painful circumstances. But God didn't abandon the Israelites in Babylon. And he isn't abandoning you now. In fact, he's drawing closer and inviting you to seek him. In the midst of your captivity this morning, God is meeting you. And isn't that the message of the cross? That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In this story, Israel represents those who are disobedient, displaced, and lost. But God in his mercy meets them in captivity and brings about a future and a hope when there seems to be no way. And for us, we're in captivity. We've fallen short of the glory of God. And like the Israelites, we have turned away from the Lord and broken his commands and broken the covenant with him and sought other gods. And we're in our own exile. But Christ meets us in our exile. He leaves his throne in heaven to come to earth and becomes the displaced. Places himself in the unfamiliar. He humbles himself in the form of a servant and meets us here in order to give us a future and a hope in him. I don't know where you are today specifically. I don't know what your exile looks like. Like I said, for some of us, it's the pandemic. Maybe for some of us, we're saying, oh, I'll be out of exile once all my kids are off in college and I can have the house all to myself again and all my plans to myself. Or maybe a little bit more seriously, as soon as I'm cancer free, then I'll have peace. Then I'll be at rest. Or as soon as my marriage is fixed, then I'll have some satisfaction. But God isn't waiting for our circumstances to change, to meet us where we are. And we don't need to wait for our circumstances to change, to seek him. He has met us today, right where we are, and is inviting us to seek him, to find our peace and fulfillment in who he is and in who he says we are. Because that's our identity, right? Our identity in being the people of God is not in the temple or in the promised land or back in our past when we had it all together, as if we ever did. Our identity rests in who God says we are. We are God's people, and he calls us his children, 
the sheep of his pasture. And we're his people in the circumstances that you're in today. You are the beloved child of God. And he is inviting you to seek him today with your whole heart. And he promises your peace and fulfillment in him. Now, peace is not the absence of conflict. So in the midst of your chaotic lives, you can still have the inner peace, knowing that he is with you and he will be with you and never leave you, abandon you, or forsake you. He is with you today. And would you seek him? Would you find your fulfillment in him rather than waiting for the circumstances of your life to change? Oh, if I can just get this, then I'll be happy. Or if I can be in this type of friendship with this person, then I'll be happy. Or if I can get this new thing and we're constantly seeking and we're not finding our fulfillment in it because it's not Christ. Our ultimate satisfaction, fulfillment, and peace in that beautiful word, shalom, is in Christ alone. So seek him today. And some of you are probably saying, okay, Jordan, that sounds great. But how do I do that? How do I seek the Lord? What does that even mean? And to be quite honest, uh, this, this is going to look different for everybody. So I can't say specifically what it looks like for you today. And I'm going to ask you to think about what does it look like for you this week to seek the Lord? And I'm going to give you some general guidelines for this. We're all in different seasons of our life. And although we're all living in the midst of a pandemic, there's a lot going on. Some of us are facing unbelievable grief and unbearable loss on one end of the spectrum. And that is very real and very painful. And for some of us on the other end of the spectrum, we are having new babies born. We are graduating. We are having new life changes. And we're celebrating those things. And for some of us, we're holding both of those in tension because they're both happening. So seeking the Lord for you this week might look like being on your hands and knees crying out to the Lord. Asking him to be your defender. Crying out to him to be your comfort with you. And for some of us, it's going to be dancing around our room, celebrating what the Lord is doing in my life. And we're going to feel joyful and we're going to want to praise him and worship him in a totally different way. And both of those are seeking the Lord. And in that spectrum, where do you find yourself? What is it that you need to be doing this week in order to seek the Lord? We can pray to seek him. We can seek out other believers and be in fellowship with other believers. Praise the Lord for the vaccine that now we're slowly starting to come out of our houses. Reading his word. Our hearts are longing for the Lord. So what does it mean for you this week to seek the Lord? Because he's with you and he's walking with you and he wants your heart to find its ultimate satisfaction and peace in him. And he's inviting you right now to seek him for your shalom. Would you join me in prayer this morning as we seek the Lord together? Lord God, we thank you for your presence in the midst of our painful circumstances. And we ask, Father, that you would be the good Father that walks alongside of us, holds our hand, 
and leads us into the true peace that you offer us. We thank you, Jesus, that you left your throne in heaven and came to earth in order that you might bring us out of the exile of our sin. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are dwelling among us even now in our painful circumstances and in our joyful memories. We thank you, Lord, and we ask that you would give us hearts that desire you and that you would give us creative ways to seek you this week. In Jesus' name. I now invite Julie Lineker to unmute, and she's going to share with us a reflective story. Thanks, Jordan, so much for inviting me to share with our church family. Good morning, everyone. It's great to be with you. Um, so, you know, uh, Jordan was able to share a little bit um, with me earlier this week, and I've been thinking about what I wanted to share. And, you know, one of the big things I find myself in my life over time saying, you know, um, I just long for a life to be simple, without trials, without stress or anxiety or pain. Um, I want you to give me like an inner thumbs up if that is you too. We long for a life that is without exile, without trials, without painful circumstances, but we're all finding ourselves in that. So I think the, the biggest thing that really, um, struck me um, with what you said, Jordan, was that you said, you know, we don't need to wait for circumstances to change, to find peace and fulfillment in the Lord. And that's what Jeremiah came to, to say to the Israelites is that what, what is God, how is God meeting us in those moments? And so today I brought an orange so we can see this orange and I kind of liken this as our lives. Um, and I'm going to share just briefly an illustration um, of how this worked in, in my life. And so I find like the outer hard, rough exterior is, is the place where we let kind of life circumstances like close us in and envelop us and overtake us. And it's only when we, we really allow the Lord to come in and, um, and give us peace and fulfillment in the moments that are so hard that he can work with this really sweet, um, tender place of who we are. So, um, Joy was born about three and a half years ago, and she was born with um, some pretty significant medical, um, immediate medical concerns. And she was rushed to the hospital 10 hours after she was born um, to Children's Hospital. And one of the reasons why we didn't um, didn't really want to have a, a third child is that um, there's just a lot on our plate and there's a lot of medical concerns in our family already. And um, I just said to the Lord, like, Lord, I can't handle one more medical um, hardship. And so if you are to provide a, a surprise daughter for us, like, please let it be easier. And so when Jordan was born, it was the opposite of what I had hoped for. In those moments, those initial moments, those initial days, the anxiety, the fear, um, the overwhelmed feelings enveloped me. And it was only through... Um, faithful friends, our church community, 
through prayer, through the Lord's um, truthful words that I realized that the Lord was in every single moment um, of that time and allowed me to not go to the rehearsal of the future all the time, but to dwell in the moment and to know that God was with me in the moment and was with Joy and was with Ellie and Samantha and Tyler, giving us peace in the moment that he had us, that he was working um, in us and through us. And so fast forward to this past fall in the moments where I took a new job and I was anxious and I was worried and I felt totally, absolutely, insanely insecure. Um, and I just felt like I was enveloped again. And I just was living in my circumstances. And that's when God reminded me, remember how faithful I was with you and to you and giving you peace and hope and, um, and promise to be with you in those moments with joy when it was so scary and so hard. And so these days, mornings, afternoons, I walked out the fall in a new job with a lot of other personal circumstances happening. And the Lord gave me peace in moments as I walked through that. And it was hard and still hard at times. Um, But I would say that, that through prayer, through, um, through seeking the Lord's word, through um, being in community with others, with uh, a husband who listens and and um, prays over me, and a, a mother-in-law who is very much the same, has really helped me to see that there is peace in the trial. And when I do this, I'm just living in my own fears and my own circumstances. And so maybe this is also a good illustration for you this week in your um, own exile and your own challenging circumstances internally, all around you and your family, friends, work. Um, Allow us to just let the Lord bring us peace and fulfillment in the moments, in in the midst of hardship and, and the exile. So thank you, Jordan, so much for letting me share. Love to you all. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Old South Presbyterian Church in Newburyport, Massachusetts. If you'd like more information about our historic church, or you'd like to find out more about the gospel of Jesus, please visit our website at oldsouthnbpt.org. The peace of Christ be with you.